Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I'm so glad you're here. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the emotional abuse and recognizing the emotional abuse of chronic criticism and complaining because they go hand in hand. And if you've been with a hijackal, that's my term for the relentlessly difficult people in life. If you've been with one, you will know exactly what I'm talking about because there is this chronic criticism and the complaints that go along with it. And it's very important to recognize that that is emotional abuse. Even if you're a little leery about actually saying it's abuse, know that it is. You know, when someone is constantly criticizing you, it means that they are very, very, very afraid of being criticized themselves. So they keep all of the energy going in your direction. And that's a dynamic that you'll see so frequently when you're in a hijackal relationship, a relationship with a hijackal. I define my term hijackal as a person who hijacks a relationship for their own needs and purposes and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. And one of the ways they scavenge for power, status, and control is to be constantly criticizing you, tearing you down, wearing you down, putting you down, always because they need to be where? On top. So if they need to be on top, you have to be lower than them. And they're going to make very good and sure that you know your place and that you stay down below them. And any time that they get a little bit afraid that you're maybe even approaching equality, they're going to bat you down like a cat toy and say, oh, no, 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 no. And you may have been in it for so long that you don't even notice. Even more so, you may have had a hijackal parent. So it's so familiar to you, even though it's comfortably uncomfortable, it's so familiar to you to be criticized that you don't really recognize the import of it and the destruction of it when a partner does it or another human in your life beyond that hijackal parent. I mean, I know these things not only because I have a PhD in psychology, but because I come from a family where both my parents were hijackals and lucky me. I was an only child. I still am an only child for that matter, but my parents have passed. So this chronic criticism, it's just so wearing. It is exhausting. After a while, you may not even feel like bothering anymore because no matter what you do, it's going to be wrong or not good enough. Either way, it's a gotcha from the point of view of the hijackal. 
And hijackals are so ready to attack and so unwilling to accept an attack. Have you noticed that? That they can attack you and attack you and attack you. And if you even say something in passing that was never meant to be an attack, they will take it as an attack and behave accordingly, which often means raging or the silent treatment or a lot of name calling. And all of those fall into this category of emotional abuse. They can dish it out, but hijackals can't take it and they won't take it but they really love to practice dishing it out. And you may have been with this so long that you don't even notice it as much as you did in the beginning. Or if you had a hijackal parent, you've never known life without it, perhaps. You just can't do anything right. You put on a piece of clothing that you think looks wonderful, And they'll say, well, it's all right, except, or but, and there is always the big hijackle, but, (laughs) and you know, we always believe what comes after the but, right? So hijackles have a lack of empathy. You've noticed that, right? They're not into you. They're not interested in your feelings. They're not interested in what your needs are. They're not interested when you hurt or when you're happy because it's all a competition to them. They have to be the one who's hurting more. They have to be the one who's on top of the world. They have to be the one who's successful because always on top, right? Always on top. So hijackers refuse to be vulnerable. Yeah, now and again, they'll pretend to be vulnerable, but they refuse to actually be vulnerable. It scares them, scares them so much. It scares most of us. But hijackers are particularly adverse to becoming vulnerable. And they want that constant, in fact, they need that constant reassurance and compliments and validation all the time. Tell me I'm wonderful. Tell me I did this well. Tell me that you love me. Tell me that you'll always do what I tell you to. Constant validation, constant assurance, constant compliments. And they fish for them. You know what I'm talking about because you wouldn't be here if you didn't have some way of thinking about this in your own life. So to stay safe, because hijackers are so afraid of being critical or being seen as um, vulnerable, that they constantly criticize, push, push, push you away, push, push, push you down. And as they do that, away and down, away and down, they think, oh, they're safe. They're safe. And so they're both defensive and offensive. They will defend their right to be who they are, and they will be offensive telling you how little you have the right to be who you are. And it's terribly wearing, as I said, terribly, terribly wearing. And when when that's going on for you, you can just give up. You know, for a while you may protest and say, that's not true. That's not right. Hear me. But after a while, you may just give up because there's no opening for you. There's no way for you to step up and say, please hear me not in the cards, not in their vocabulary. They don't want to do that. So if they think they're being criticized, they react aggressively. You've noticed that, right? So 
even if you didn't have any intention in the world of criticizing them, they are always on the high alert for anything that could even be mildly construed as criticism. Or if they even think that you might be thinking of criticizing them, they are on the defensive and becoming offensive as well. So they are constantly finding fault with you. They are blame shifting. I did a whole episode on blame shifting. That's when you say this is something I don't care for or this happened and I wouldn't like it to happen again or could you possibly do this in a different way? Automatically, right around, and it'll be, no, you need to do it differently. You need to be better at this. I'm not going to put up with what you do because they are not going to let anything land on them. They are going to immediately boomerang it back on you, and that's blame-shifting. And this is emotional abuse of constant criticism. (sighs) What would it be like to really allow your shoulders to come down and be completely relaxed, knowing that you were not going to have to worry about being criticized? That contrast can be huge for you when you start to realize that you are always And where's the next barb coming from? Where's the next accusation coming from? And then you realize that you are always on guard, hypervigilant, waiting to be criticized, thinking you're going to be criticized, ready to hear the criticism, even if you hate it, which I'm sure you do, but you have come to expect it. And that's what hijackles do a barrage of constant criticism. They don't want you to grow. They don't want you to feel confident. They don't want you to uh, feel accomplished. No, no, they're not going to give you anything. Oh, unless, of course, they really want something. And then they're going to love bomb you. And you can tell by the contrast of how they were before the love bombing. And then when they're love bombing, you can tell, oh, this is love bombing. Now, unfortunately, you've probably been waiting a long time for a little love. So you brighten up and you get hopeful and optimistic. Things are changing. Things are changing. But as soon as they get what they want, they don't have anything further to do with you, right? They don't show any interest at all. And if they promised you something when they're love bombing, you're not going to get it. You know you're not going to get it. It was just you being appeased to give them what they want. So those things are very important. And yes, hijackals have had usually difficult childhoods or teenage years, and they have emotional deficits and difficulties as a result of that. We all have some of those things. But you know what? You didn't cause those emotional difficulties and deficits. And you cannot change that for them. If you're truly with a hijackal, You may be thinking that, oh, if I just pour a lot of love in them, if I impress upon them how stable this relationship is, that I'm never going to go anywhere, I'll always love them, then they'll treat me better. Unfortunately, you've probably also learned that that's not the case. That doesn't make them treat you any better. They just want more and more and more. They want to take up all the space that belongs to them and all the space that belongs to you, if possible, as well, in the relationship. 
And it's not your job to try and make up for what their parents did or didn't do to them, what life did or didn't do to them. You know, I often say to my clients, and if you'd like to be my client, you can be. I have a new client offer for a full hour for only $97 if you go to beaclient.com. Beaclient.com. So many times I'm saying to my clients, you know, <clears throat> you didn't break them. You can't fix them. And that's very important to remember because we all think that if we just pour enough love into someone, they will respond and open like a flower in the sun. But when you're dealing with hijackles, that won't happen because they never trust the sun. So it's not going to happen. And that's the distinction. If you're in a healthy relationship with a healthier human like yourself, then these attributes of trust and and respect and honesty and safety and reliability, they build and build and build. And then when you are all those things to your partner and they are all those things to you, it adds to the love and makes it more sustaining. But if you're with a hijackal, that's not the way it is. They haven't experienced that. They don't know what that is. So they are an always looking to be filled up by somebody else, but they're never filled up and they will never allow that somebody else to be good enough, to do it well enough. And that's sad. Again, I tell my clients, it's like we live on the healthier human planet. We know how to be civil and authentic and neutral. And we're not always terribly good at it, but we know generally that we're well-intentioned. Hijackals come from the hijackal planet. They don't play by our rules. Sadly, they look just like us, so we attribute to them the healthier human qualities. But they come from the hijackal planet, where it's get what you can take and take more if you can. Show no interest in other people because it only matters. You are the one who only matters. All kinds of things. Criticize them so they won't criticize you. Put them down so that you will have power over them. They have a lot of different rules on the hijackal planet. When they come over to our planet, they look just like us. And as I said, we believe that they will behave in ways that will be reciprocal. And that's why I talk about the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship in episode 115. Because you, on the healthier human planet, these three must-haves are equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. Those are three things you will not find on the hijackal planet. So you can't get them from a hijackal. So they want you to feel as bad as they do. They want you to feel as shamed as they do. You didn't shame them. That's the feeling that they got earlier before you ever arrived in their life. But they are feeling badly and they are going to stay feeling badly. You can't make them feel better. So it's difficult to disabuse yourself of the idea that you can love someone into health. But when you're dealing with a hijackal, it doesn't work that way. That's not the dynamic. So <clears throat> they don't admit to having any faults or any losses or any difficulties. They just don't because to them, that would be a weakness and that just can't be allowed. So to keep their power, they are constantly, chronically criticizing and complaining. And those two things go together. 
the chronic constant criticism, and the complaining that goes with it. So I want to talk about it, how it shows up. I mentioned a couple of things, but I want to give you 10 ways that it shows up. And the first one is they compare you to other people. They are going to be critical. And one of the ways they're critical is to compare you to other people or other times or other situations. They're always comparing you not favorably to other people. And that creates a constant criticism. You know, a hijackal will have children and they will compare their children. Not all hijackals compare their children. Many parents who aren't hijackals compare their children. But it is still emotionally abusive to compare children one to the other to make a child feel badly. And that chronic criticism chips away at self-esteem very quickly. So they will do that. You will prepare a beautiful meal and they'll say, well, it's not as good as the one we had in that restaurant last week. Why? Why do we need a comparison? Why can't we talk about what's in front of us? But no, a hijackal won't get any, any points for that. It won't elevate the hijackal to be on top of the pile. So they have to be constantly comparing. And they'll compare you to things that you could never attain. Just could never attain. And that's part of the game. Because if you can never attain it and they can keep you trying to attain it, they win. So that's one way that chronic criticism shows up. And another is that they're covertly blindsiding you. You know, I talk about this in my books on passive aggression, and in particular, the one called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game. They will choose their moments. You know, you'll be out with other people or with your family, and then they will say something, a real zinger that, right at you, and maybe everybody will laugh. And that's the way that they maintain some control, or think they do, by criticizing you in front of other people in the hopes that you won't speak up. You won't correct them. You won't defend yourself. You won't do anything, but they can get that blindsiding criticism in there. And that's a very passive-aggressive thing to do. But all hijackals are passive-aggressive. Not all passive-aggressive people are hijackals, but all hijackals are passive-aggressive. It's one of the tools in their toolbox, and they use it far too frequently. So it turns into chronic criticism here and there. Just when you think you're safe, you're out with your family, you're at a beautiful dinner, you're out with friends, and then there it comes right to your heart, hoping to get away with it. But you feel it. You recognize it. Please don't let it ruin your time. Know that it's a hijackal thing and just go, oh, another hijackal thing. It's not about you. It's about them. And that's a big piece of what I'm talking about tonight is to turn your mind to the fact that when they do that, when they're making things that they hope will make you feel small and insignificant, Don't bother thinking that it's about you. It isn't. It's about their need to be bigger, superior, right, or the center of attention. And if you can get your head around that in that moment when you just want to go, oh, I want to crawl in a hole, no, 
I am going to stay perfectly fully here because it's not about me. It's about them. That's a big moment when you can do that. And I hope that you get to that moment really quickly. So they do these blindsiding remarks. Another way they're in constant criticism is that they will never be satisfied. So you do exactly what they say they want, exactly what would make them happy. And now they don't want that anymore. They want something different. Move the marker. You can't get it right. That's so important in their their machinery of how to keep you small, how to find a way to make you look wrong. So they are never satisfied and they're always moving the marker. That's where we often hear the story about the child with the hijackal parents who comes home with all A's and one B. They don't hear anything about the A's. They only hear, what's this B? Why did you fall down there? Well, that's the way they roll. If they can find a place to make you feel criticized, they will because they need it to elevate themselves, to make themselves feel better about themselves. Now, another way that they do is to claim their superiority. Have you ever been out with somebody or with your partner or a parent and you tell a story and the other person has to tell a better story? That if you walked one mile, they walked five miles. If you went to one event, they went to four of those events. If you bought something and got it on sale for a screaming deal, they got a better deal. They never let it alone. They never, ever, ever stop the comparison and having to make themselves seem superior. They did things better. They did things faster. They did things longer. They did it longer ago. They've known it longer than you have. I once dated a man who had to have a radio on under the pillow all night long. And I thought, you know, is this because he doesn't sleep well and he doesn't want to tell me what is going on? But after a while, I learned it. One day I was at I I was calling him and he was at work and I said, did you hear about the terrible collision on the I-5? Be careful because you come that way home. What do you mean there's a a crash on the I-5? He was furious. Do you know why? Because he hadn't heard about it first. And I knew a piece of information that he didn't know first screaming, raving hijackal that he was. That's why he had the radio on all night under the pillow so that he would be the one in the know. And he could not bear not being the one in the know. So therefore, the chronic criticism, who do you think you are? Why are you bothering me at work with this? You know, because He couldn't stand the fact that I was calling to help him on the way home. I knew he was going that way to let him know that there was a big crash. But that's hijackal land. That's how they do it on the hijackal planet. So you're going to have that claiming of superiority all the time. And so these chronic criticisms come in small and large forms, as you can tell. 
And we need to be aware of all of them so that we can recognize them when they happen. So what's another thing that they do? They feel threatened when you question them. They feel threatened. And then the finger comes back at you. How dare you ask that? Why are you asking that? What's wrong with you? Why would you want to know that? That's a terrible thing to say. It's none of your business. And again, who do you think you are? And that question of who do you think you are to approach me, to contradict me, to add something to my story, they always have to be on the top of the pile. So who do you think you are to think you are equal with me? Which takes me back to the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. Number one, equality. You can never, ever, ever have equality with a hijackal. It's not in their nature. That's what they fear the most. So it will never happen. Do you see that clearly? That you cannot establish equality. Sometimes clients say to me, but I do these jobs and my partner does these jobs and that's equality. No, that's an agreement of how to get life done. That's not equality. Equality is when we each have the same rights, when we each have the same um, latitude to talk about things, to be interested in one another. Those things make us have equality. And so when they feel threatened when we question them, they are afraid that there is going to be an assumed equality there, and they're not having that. No, 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 no. So another one is that they demonstrate contempt for you. You know, I've said this before. I, I have a, a long-ago episode uh, with David Hill. It was a facial coder. And um, when I asked him about what that hijackal smirk that I've done an episode about is about, He said, it is the facial code for anger plus disdain equals contempt. And that is the face of contempt when we see that smirk that they have of superiority. And so they have contempt for other humans. How dare you take up my space? How dare you breathe my air? You know, how dare you think that you have the right to anything that I have? How dare you think that I care about you? How dare you think that I want to hear from you? How dare you think I'm interested in what you're feeling or needing or wanting or thinking? I'm not. I'm totally absorbed as a hijackal in my own feelings and thoughts and needs and wants. And I do not want to be troubled by yours. I don't even want to hear about them because I have contempt for you. You exist and it's very visceral. It is very, very basic to them. They have contempt for other people because they're afraid of other people. Don't put your compassion hat on and say, oh, it's not terrible. It is terrible, but you can't do anything about it. And if you think you can, you're wrong. Really, sadly, that's the truth. Hijackals don't change. And when you think that you can change them, you know what happens. How dare you? Then you hear that again in another form. How dare you even approach me with the idea that you know something about me? And then how quickly will you hear from a hijackal's mouth, 
I know you better than you know yourself, but you're not allowed to, to even give a suggestion that you might know something about the hijackal, are you? Because their thing is constantly criticizing you. Terribly wearing, terribly heavy, crushes you, pushes you down, weighs you down. No wonder you get exhausted, emotionally exhausted, if not exhausted in every other way. The constant criticism. And one of the things that they like to do is defy rules. You've noticed that, right? The rules do not apply to them. So the constant criticism is, nobody's going to tell me what to do. How often do I hear a, a client say, I'd really like to bring my partner in, but my partner says, nobody's going to know my business, and why Why would I ever think that someone knows what I ought to be doing in life? Why would I ever go and ask another person how to improve my relationship? I don't need that kind of thing. I know everything there is. I am the center of the universe and know everything. That's the way a hijackal believes at the core of their being. So that they are defiant of the rules. I don't have to play by the rules. I can lie. I can do what I want. I can subvert things. I can make up stories. I can change the narrative. I can put you down because I don't want you to tell the truth. I can continuously defy the rules. And if it's the rules of the healthier human planet, they're happy to defy those rules every moment they breathe. But you'll see them defy rules all the time. That's why you'll see people who say, hijackals who say, everybody must believe this and behave according to this belief. And then they go and do what they want, which is in direct opposition to what they've said that everybody must do because the rules do not apply to them. And it's very important not to make exceptions for them. It's really important. So another way this constant criticism is, is they become verbally violent. They go into rage. Often you'll hear it called narcissistic rage because they're just not having it. If they're the top of the pile, how dare you? And raging is their way of over-talking you, shutting you down, trying to make you feel afraid and threatened. And so their verbal violence can be vitriolic. You know, just they'll say anything, the name-calling, the body-shaming, the, the remembering of, of things in a totally opposite way than how they really happen. The verbal violence is endless. And the language they choose hmm, just a bunch of X's that I can't say on this podcast, but you know because you've heard it. If you're listening to this, you have heard it. And they like to goad you into getting angry, don't they? I've done two shows on reactive abuse. That's what that is. They goad you into finally losing it, and then they tell you you're the abuser. So listen to those episodes if that happens to you. And, you know, if you're enjoying this show and you'd like to support it, I welcome your donations. Go to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. And I'd like to thank the people who are currently doing that, that they are helping to defray the cost of the show by making a monthly donation. Some at $10, $5, $15, $20. But if you would like to do that and have this show stay on the air and go out to more and more people, your support is greatly appreciated.
So we've got all this happening, constant criticism, constant complaining. They're always at you for something. And we have verbal violence intended to make you feel small, to make you pull back, to make you restrained, repressed, and maybe depressed. And that's how they think they will control you. So number nine is their blatant blaming. If they can blame you first, they feel that they will not be in danger of being blamed. And so this chronic criticism will come in their blatant blaming. It's the night of alliterations, isn't it? (laughs) But their chronic criticism often is their blaming. They'll blame you for the weather. You'll plan a picnic and they will blame you that it's raining. They'll blame you for the IRS. They'll blame you for their their feelings. They'll blame you for their results. They'll blame you for anything and a way to criticize you, to make you smaller, to chip away at your self-esteem and your self-confidence. Please don't let them do that. Turn the tables, as I said earlier, and just start observing them. Oh, there you go, being critical again. Don't say anything because you don't poke a hijackal. If you've been listening to me for any length of time, you know, don't poke a hijackal. But be saying to yourself, we're just going to observe this. There they go again. Has nothing to do with me. They're just trying to establish some dominance. They're trying to establish some control. They have a big need right now to be right. Just observe that. Don't get into it with them. But that's a good way to start backing away from a hijackal. So that blatant blaming, I've talked about that before. That's where the blame shifting comes in. There's an episode about that. Now, number 10 is they are hungry for power over you. They are hungry for it, and they are never satisfying that hunger. They will always want more power over you. And any little inkling, any little thing that happens, any little look, any words, anything that makes them fearful, they don't have power over you, they will pounce. They will demand that power over you. So their criticism is to keep you as subdued as possible so they can have power over you. They want to flatten you like a pancake and keep you stomped down. They want you to turn into a pretzel at their whim and their will. It is a constant tactic they're employing, is the chronic criticism and complaining in order in their minds to stay the strong one, the brighter one, the more in control one, the one who rules the roost. And know this, after all these things that I've shared with you about the emotional abuse of chronic criticism, know this, it won't make you happy, but you must know this, it is impossible to create emotional intimacy with the hijackal. And you may think that it's going to happen one day. But it is not possible to create emotional intimacy, true emotional, sustainable intimacy with a hijackal. That is way too threatening to them, and they will not allow you to do it. So if you have these grand hopes that one day the relationship that you're in, which has been now defined as a hijackal person you're in relationship with, know that you have to give up that idea that you are ever going to have emotional intimacy with them, sustained, healthy, emotional intimacy. 
It's not possible. They don't want it. They are far too afraid of that. So I hope I've given you some things to think about that will allow you to clearly recognize the emotional abuse of this chronic criticism that hijackals like to dispense with. Dispense and disperse. (laughs) They have to be at you all the time or have you on eggshells being afraid that they're going to come at you with constant criticism. So think about those things. If you've enjoyed these episodes, please invite your friends. There are always people who need to hear these things. Even if they just come along to hear it for a friend who needs it, invite your friends to join us. Go to patreon.com and show your support for the show by making a small donation. Patreon.com slash save your sanity. If you'd like to work with me, I mentioned the one-hour new client opportunity for only $97. You can go to beaclient.com. And if you'd like to join my Emerging Empowered community, and I wish you would, come on over to joinintoday.com. Lots of things, lots of ways for us to be in contact. Come along and join in because you do want to be Emerging Empowered. So until I speak with you again, take a very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter and you do not deserve constant criticism. And I hope you take that to heart. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.